Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Dan and with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great. Got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Oh, this was a jam-packed week of roller coaster excitement, ups, downs, twists, turns. Oh, up yeah. then down, yep. <laughs> up then down. Yeah, and we got to get it all in this week because next week is uh, there's only four trading days, so we won't have as much to talk about. Oh, I keep forgetting that. Oh, that's really going to screw up my bet pick for this week too. I had this whole convoluted oh. plan that I was going to lay out, but now I can't do it because there's no trading on Monday. No trading on Monday. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm disappointed too. <laughs> all right, folks, come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, and hedge against the machine. Uh, you did steal uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did, I did. Shout out to my friend Sean, who will be on the show in one of the upcoming future episodes. Yeah, he gave me that one, Hedge, hedge Against the Machine. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and welcome any any new listeners out there just joining us. Uh, well, Welcome to the China Shop. Uh, come on in. Don't worry about knocking anything over. We, we've smashed up the place pretty good. It's mostly cheap China. Don't worry. <laughs> we do smash China on this show quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We bash them up good. Oh, yeah. So we go over uh, all the news of the week that's driving market reactions. And we talk about what stocks and options that we're currently trading. And, uh, you know, we love it that you've shown up and uh, are here in the shop along for the ride. Learning from our mistakes. There are many. And as we'll get to later in the show, 
There's one particular mistake that I just can't keep myself from making again and again and again. I fall into the same trap. I <laughs> did it too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of mistakes this yeah, week that we're yeah. going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So we've got a maddening, frenzied, glamorous show for you today. Plenty of market moving news, stocks on the radar, and more options than Michael Myers at a summer camp. Okay. All right. That's better than mine. Oh, shit. What do you got for us? More options than Magnus Carlson against the Evans Gambit. Whoa. I don't know who <laughs> Carl Magnus. I don't know the Evans Gambit. Magnus Carlson. Magnus, Magnus Carlson. Carlson. I keep saying it wrong. I'm getting tongue toyed here. Magnus Carlson and the Evans Gambit. I've been watching a lot of, again, Master's uh, YouTube channel in my spare time. He covers all the, the famous chess players. <laughs> and I figured I wanted to throw one of those in for, for Wyatt, one of, the, one of our listener's sons who's a big chess fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, good. You've made one listener's son laugh and you've made your co-host very confused. <laughs> Well, you said last week's was the nerdiest we've ever done. I figured I could do a little bit better. I didn't know you were going <laughs> to top it so quickly and so easily. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I also love when you reach out to us uh, with your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook. If you're old school, you maybe send an email or even a phone call. You can hit us up uh, on the emails, bulls at financialneptitude.com and the phone uh, the number is 72522-BULLS. And if you're new school, uh, we've got a Discord chat that you can find uh, a link to in the description of this episode, and we'll also put it up on our uh, website page. Yeah, and we are on there a lot, so... <laughs> we've actually moved our text messaging into that forum, or that server, so uh, anybody who wants to follow along with us, ask us questions, feel free to jump in there and interact, or just lurk and listen. Right. Right? See what we're doing day to day. Don't worry, the show will still be entertaining, even if you follow us on the Discord. <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter which method you use, Discord, phone, email, Twitter, Facebook messages or comments. We love it when you reach out to us. You know, Let us know uh, how you're doing. Which, Kyle, would, that's going to lead us up right to our bet results. All right. Does that mean loser goes first again? Am I still a loser for now? No, I believe I believe we've just shifted over to me being the loser this week. And I started the week just totally believing that I was the winner. I thought so too. Monday, uh, you know, I carried over Neo. I did two weeks in a row. As you recall, last week I had about $575, you know, about, about a 15% gain. And Neo in pre-market on Monday morning hit $66, which was over 10% from where it ended on Friday. And I was, you know, I woke up that morning and was like, woo, I'm the best. Neo Day was huge. And Neo just sank all week. Yeah, so it started hitting that high $66 pre-market Monday. It ended Friday at uh, $56.47. Uh, who could have predicted that they were going to offer more shares and dilute? everything oh. was it 1.3 billion dollars they're trying to raise yeah the new new shares hit the market and i think they got they got downgraded too didn't they they, they may have i i was trying to tune it out to to solve salvage my, <laughs> blame my emotional state <laughs> so that brought me down from 575 to to now i'm at uh 551.46 i lost 14 dollars and change. Thanks, Neo. Eh, but for two week total. Two week total, you're still doing all right. I'm up 10% for two weeks. Yeah, that's not bad. It would have been great if I'd sold Monday morning, but who does that on a bet for the whole week, you know? Especially when it looks so great. Oh, it looks so great. Oh, okay. So uh, how did you do, Kyle? 
I had GBTC, which I don't remember what it stands for. It's a Bitcoin ETF. Grayscale Bitcoin. Okay, thank you. Opened up the week at 37.07. So it carried over the drop from Friday into Monday at open. Closed the week at 39.34, even though it had been up over 44 at one point. Still a solid 5%. So I started the week with 526.99, and I ended the week with 559.26. Oh, you are now in the lead by $8, my friend. Oh, it's getting tight now. I did not see that coming, personally. Ooh, well, no, I thought Neo was a home run. Then we got to cover our random. Yeah, how did that sucker do? We were both concerned uh, when we randomized, uh, the randomizer drew uh, RCL, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Uh-huh. Uh, it opened the week at 71.30 and closed the week at 72.92, which we got really helped out by the fall on Friday because it was up over 76, I think, at one point or close to that. Yeah, it was It was cruising. <laughs> so it started with 529 cents and then it ended the week with 511 and 66 cents. So we got a comfortable you know, nearly $50 lead on him, or $40, 40 and 50 each. All right. Yeah, take that, random. We'll see if our luck holds. Two weeks, we're better than random. That's a, that's a, big, a big plus in my book. <laughs> Great. I'm going to be worried when the random kills us. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to pick some random spec that makes a big announcement and goes up a thousand percent. And then we're going to be pissed we didn't buy into it. <laughs> <laughs> right why didn't i buy into that random stock uh, anyway stay stay Damn tuned it. to the end folks we're gonna make a new bet see how that goes and you'll find out what our new random stock we're fighting against is in the meantime i think it's time to get some news going i think so well it's all for the money tune to the show need a good story so my margin grows or won't you listen to all our news you might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. And a lot of news. A lot of news to get through. Yeah. What's your, what's your first big story, Kyle? I think we've got to start with the stimulus. Biden laid out his plan on Thursday evening after the markets closed. Yes. And the markets were not impressed, to say the least. Not at all. Whatever the reaction was to or the reason for it, uh, ended up driving everything down on Friday. And from what I can see, I've seen conflicting stories. One of them being that he mentioned changes to the tax code Mm -hmm. uh, to pay for all this stimulus as being one of the drivers. But what he's planning on that is not necessarily new legislation, at least yet. What he put out is that he's wanting to close some of the loopholes that allow corporations to pay zero income tax. Right. Uh, the other reason, I think this is the main driver, is that the rumors of how much his uh, plan was going to be just kind of got out of control. People were thinking it was going to be more than $2 trillion. Yeah. I think you'd even seen an article that said $3 trillion at one point. Yeah, somebody was floating the, that number. And it was like, what? So the total announced package was $1.9 trillion. Uh, includes things like up in the payment to 2000 total that got sent out to the Americans. Uh, that's including your 600 that you've already gotten. Yeah. 20 billion for a vaccination program, increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour, uh, extending moratoriums on evictions. There's also uh, uh, stuff in there for, for state governments. And I think that's another issue with the proposed plan. Because he's including money to go to the state governments, it's now going to require a higher majority mm-hmm. of the Senate in order to actually pass it. So now they need that 60 40 majority to get this through. Whereas if they took, I think, the state government stuff out of there, it'd be the, the 
typical 50-50. This package is designed in a way where it's going to need bipartisan support, and we don't know if that'll happen because we haven't been in a very bipartisan situation with this country for a long time where it's going to be really, really hard to convince them to, to pass this package. And I think Friday, uh, when everybody had parsed through the Biden speech, uh, I think that's what was driving people uh, leaving the market, selling selling their shares. I don't know where they're putting it. Yeah. <laughs> not in other shares. It's not Bitcoin. It's not Neo. It's definitely not Neo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the morning, I thought I thought they were putting it in marijuana because marijuana was going up while everything else was dropping. But then a couple hours into the day, that turned that turned right yeah. around. Anyway. <laughs> yes, it did. Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of marijuana, I think you had some interesting news on that sector. I came across a couple articles. The one that that is a market mover is M- Mexico is now setting up their medical marijuana program. Uh, that is moving forward. So that's that's a big big win in the the marijuana category. And one of the reasons I'm long on marijuana is I think the majority of news that's going to come out in the next few years is all going to be pro marijuana. It's going to widen the market, ease up restrictions. Uh, we, we'll, we'll get there. Um, so we've just seen another one happen uh, right, you know, right next to us in Mexico, medical marijuana happening. I'm pretty sure that's what caused my position in Cresco Labs to mm. spike earlier in the week. Because once that came out, I think it peaked at over like $14 yeah. a share. I was excited, but then I remembered I couldn't sell the majority of that stake until April if I wanted to avoid paying uh, uh, short-term gains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's a good thing I am long on it. I think it's a blessing that you have to hold it till April because I really think it's going up. I think so, too. Don't worry. You're, you're doing fine. The other uh, marijuana story that uh, a, a study has just found loosening up of marijuana regulations has led to an increase in junk food sales. Uh, I know that seems like a no-brainer, <laughs> cliche, <laughs> sitcom-y joke, but uh, they've, they've just proven it. You're long and bullish on marijuana. Might not hurt to get some snack company stocks, PepsiCo. Because <laughs> I do have a position in PepsiCo, and it actually has been doing pretty well, now that you mention it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, now you know. It's because everybody's getting high and going, where's my chips yeah. and soda? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's that's all my marijuana news. All right, I've got uh, one. Uh, we talked about Virgin Galactic quite a bit, and if you saw the price uh, spike earlier in the week, mm-hmm. um, that's because that there is a new fund that's uh, being announced for space exploration. And there's some more details on this. We just completed an interview with Nick McCollum at Passive.com, and he gave us a little bit more details on this arc. Uh, so I encourage you guys to check that out once we do release that. Hopefully, it'll be later this week. Basically, the the fund is run by a former Tesla investor. ARK apparently is huge in the uh, ETF industry in general. They've just seen some otherworldly gains uh, with some of the funds that they do manage. So uh, starting up an ETF that's going to track basically space exploration is going to be huge for shares like Virgin mm-hmm. Galactic, uh, companies like Boeing, uh, anybody else who's uh, in that market. And I've got the article here that kind of talks about these are some of the things that they're looking on, focusing on. That's going to be reusable rockets, orbital aerospace, suborbital aerospace, which is where Virgin Galactic mm-hmm. falls in, uh, aerial drones, 3D printing, and the technology that enables all of this. And because the 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 nature of the ETF, are they able to buy uh, a position in like SpaceX that's not publicly traded? 
I don't think so because it's not publicly traded. I think that these can only manage uh, stocks that are available to trade. Mm, okay. Because I want a piece of SpaceX. Yeah, because I would love to have a piece of SpaceX too. Cause, but man, I can't imagine what the price would be if that ever actually did become available. So has that ETF uh, uh, started trading or they just announced that it's, they're, they're putting it together? They've announced okay. it. I don't think it's been put together yet or even anything has been chosen like as far as what stocks are actually going to be in it. Virgin Galactic right now is just jumping on the, the fact that they might be included in it. A space company ETF is, is going to go in my long-term portfolio the day it's offered. Oh, mine too. Especially what, what Nick was telling us about this group that's going to be running it. Uh, that makes me even more excited about trying to, to acquire a position of it. Yeah, that was, that was a great interview. I uh, can't wait to, to share it with you listeners. Definitely part of, of my understanding on, on how to long-term win is anything that you can spot and be like, that will be bigger in the future than it is now. Uh, and then, yeah, space, the space stuff, all of it. We've, we've seen it exploding, growing, uh, exploding with the, the SpaceX rockets. <laughs> Bad joke, Dan. Bad joke. Just be getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh, as we go along. And it's happening. You know, I, I think in 10, 15 years, we're going to see stuff on Mars. We're going to see long-term stuff on the moon. And uh, I would love to be a part of the investment gains on the, the growth of that, that industry. Yes. I have to say, anything that causes us to not be going to space anymore is probably means that maybe you don't need to worry about your investments anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else do you got for news, Dan? More, more talking, you know, talk about bashing up the China. We had more companies added to the, uh, the list of U.S. restrictions. The Defense Department on Thursday added nine more Chinese companies to the list of agencies they claim are owned or controlled by the China, Chinese military. Uh, do you know which ones they were or anything big? I'm trying to pronounce, uh, uh Xiaomi, the, the smartphone maker. Xiaomi, they surpassed Apple to become the world's third largest. They got listed. They were the biggest one. Uh, they, their stock, their stock okay. went down to like 10% on Friday on the news. Is uh, Baba still safe? Uh, Baba was thrown, already thrown in there with Tencent. Oh, that's, I thought, okay. This isn't ones that are confirmed. Baba was the one they're looking at. I didn't think they actually confirmed it yet. It's not, uh, it's not already on there. But the, the Pentagon's already got like 35 companies on its list. Like, like Huey, the chip, the tech firm, the chip maker, SMIC. Mm -hmm. They, but the, the new ones, the, we got the Xiaomi and, uh, uh, they, their airplane maker, Comac, the Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China, uh, state owned, you know, cause it's China, airplane maker. And they're, mm -hmm. they're trying to build it up as a, as a competitor to Boeing and Airbus. And uh, uh, that was a big one. The, the Defense Department saying they're, they're determined to highlight and counter the relationship between China's military and, and companies that appear to be civilian, but they support the military. Which, which I actually <laughs> think uh, China had a good response to that, saying that American industry has a long history of the same relationships, accusing us of double standards because of uh, all the amount of like Boeing, they get contracts and they work with the military all the time. So, so China's saying like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I mean, just being on the submarine uh, back when I in my Navy days, I mean, all the different brands that you recognize, <laughs> it, like makes like just the parts that make everything go. Uh, yeah, that definitely can be considered a double standard. Yeah, right. Well, if you think about it, just the, the difference between the two government styles, I think with American capitalism and the fact that we're tr we've got such a big push to privatize everywhere we can, 
you're inevitably having your companies working everywhere with your military. That's just part of the design of, of what we're doing here. You know, we believe that, that the innovation is driven from more firms than one firm, you know, so having, right. having those companies compete for the contract with the military. Like, so it's inevitable that our military is working hand in hand with uh, American company. Yeah, the downside to that, though, is that, you know, when a foreign investor comes in and buys out a company that's, you know, a strategic importance, like steel mills mm-hmm. in here, or, uh, aluminum or other other industries where, you know, we have a clear edge technically and making some of these things. Uh, that's the downside is, you know, someone from Belgium can come in and buy up, yeah. you know, any company as long as they can put together the scratch and get through the, uh, the board meetings. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I don't have a whole list. And like they said, there, there's 35 companies. Those are the big ones, the cell phone maker and the, uh, the airplane one. But uh, uh, the, the feuding continues. I did, I did try and dive a little deeper and find out what delisting means for someone who owns the, the stock already. And it does appear that they go over the counter. Like, uh, at the very least, they move to an Asian uh, stock exchange where if you don't have access to that, you can still earn your dividends. Uh, but I would imagine it's not too difficult to get on the, the Asian exchange and sell them off if you don't want to be a part of it anymore. You don't just lose the value of the shares that you have if it's delisted and banned in America. Uh, you still have access to it. Uh, it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you, you, it's a, it becomes more difficult for you to do anything with it. Probably going to be subject to fees to actually trade them to. Right. Any platform that lets you sell them off is going to charge you more money to do so. That's that's about uh, that's about all I got on on the news front. I have one other thing I wanted to touch on, uh, and that was Signal that we talked about last mm-hmm. week. And Elon Musk tweeted out, use Signal, and then the random uh, medical company. Signal advanced, uh, skyrocketed on the news of him telling everyone to use it. I mean, it actually peaked at over $70 a share, I think, at one point. Oh, wow. Uh, I tried like crazy to short the hell out of this thing at, you know, $30. Would have done it to 16 I, I would have shorted the hell out of this thing if it would have let me. But because it's an over-the-counter, uh, fortunately, I wasn't able to have access to that. What I'm saying is, is like shorting involves like borrowing and selling somebody else's shares. Yeah, because it's over the counter for some reason, they won't actually let you do that. And I think maybe it has to do with the fact that the institutions maybe don't carry as much float. Or uh, I'm not sure the, exactly the reason why. If anybody knows, feel free to tell us. I'd love to know for real why. But uh, w- what was more interesting to me was the fact that you know I bottomed out at like uh, let's see under six dollars on Wednesday, and then it went back up. Who is still buying the stock that before Musk's tweet, it was a penny stock? Like, who is still driving this thing up back to 1350 where it closed? So it doubled again, like after it dropped down to six, and then it just doubled again. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It ran up to eight uh, by the end of day Wednesday. Then Thursday, it peaked at 1420, closed around 11 or 12, and then it closed the week at 1354. You know, I think that's that's the the retail investment effect, like like those Weeble chat boards. It's probably showing up on people's bouncer lists that probably keep things like you do. Like, oh wow, this stock fell off from seventy. Oh, why did it do that? I don't know. Let's buy it. Right. I'm staying unless I can short it. I'm staying away from this because you know January sixth, before all this went on, this thing was trading at sixty cents a share. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> want anything to do with it either. All right, are we done with some news? I think we are. I, I'd like to take a moment to talk about how Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by the lovely, wonderful Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage. 
an equal housing lender. We at here at the China Shop, we just adore her, and she is the go-to lady for all of our uh, credit and financial and mortgage uh, advice. Uh, she is a certified mortgage advisor, focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. Got over 20 years experience. Uh, she's helped thousands of homeowners, and whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, uh, she can help you out. She's licensed in 25 states and growing. So uh, go on, reach out, see what Sue can do for you. Uh, best way to get a hold of her is through her email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. That's S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. And Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. And that email, once again, is spullen at fairwaymc.com for all your mortgage needs. Another two bulls sent you. Did you charge her for see what Sue can do for you? <laughs> she is not biting. <laughs> <laughs> she did agree to uh, to sit down and do an interview with us, so uh, that'll be another guest one coming up here in the next month. Good, 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 good. That'll be great. All right. Uh, what's uh, what? What do we do for for stocks again? Oh, that's right. We play the music. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. Yeah. Wait, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so I think uh, you just ended us with a new story. So I guess I'll talk about uh, mm-hmm. one of my stock stories. Um, my personal stock trades ended up being uh, holding Neo like an idiot. Don't feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to move out of it. I, because I feel like the moment I sell it, it's just gonna, it's just gonna bounce right up. My JMIA did really well most of the week. Friday, when everything got cranky, it it didn't didn't go up Friday, but uh, for for the mm. week, it, it uh, it's it's done pretty darn good. It had a really good three days run there coming up to Thursday. Oh yeah, I remember crying about the big loss that I had from them that triggered the stop loss. Well, I bought back in at the low mm-hmm. and and eliminated that loss. I think Friday uh, I'm down a little bit because it it, it dropped like five or six percent. But uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. the majority of those losses that I was crying about last week have been regained. Thank you, JMIA. I did see uh, something on the TD Ameritrade, a little uh, blurb on there about people thinking that, or at least someone thinks that stock's going to be a hundred dollar stock here soon. I feel strongly about it uh, long term, just because they're the only game in town. For being the Amazon.com of Africa, I mean, uh, I know I know Africa gets overlooked a lot for having a lot of poor countries, but taken as a whole, that's a huge, huge economy. Uh, okay, that's what it was. It was a tweet from Citron, and apparently they have, uh, it's a s- subscriber article, so I can't, yeah, they just said uh, JMIA on its way to 100. Yeah, is that the same research company that said Neo was going to tank? Uh, maybe, so, oh shit. <laughs> oh damn it so yeah if we have to if we're gonna listen to him on this then we have to listen to him on the other one no no they're no none of them are right all the time otherwise why would they be putting out their, their no, research report they'd just be keeping their mouth shut and making money <laughs> it's more fun to just believe the stories that you want to believe right that is definitely the human way isn't that what you do when you read the news you skip the stories that you you're like ah, i don't want to read about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Citron, I thought was a major short seller then, if I'm remembering that right. Am I remembering that incorrectly? No, no, you're you're remembering that correctly. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's mainly a short seller, but... Activist short seller, yeah. Yeah, and he's saying don't sell Jumia short. Yeah, maybe he's waiting for it. Maybe he thinks it's going to be a short sell stock here once it hits 100. I believe that's exactly what they did with NEO. I'm starting to remember more. I believe that they put they pushed NEO at the beginning of last year, and then in, uh, when it was like around 6 or $7 a share, and then it, it went up, it went up, went up, and then they were like, all right, it's time to short it. That sounds shady. Yeah. But you know, if they're going to pump up my stock to $100 a share, I'll, I'll write it to that point, I guess. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the end of that story. That's uh, that's my, my my big stock stuff. Uh, I I've been holding Farfetch Ltd. and they've they've been they've been sinking all week. They they may have ended their run. Uh, we'll see. It's it's been it's been a it's been a long nice but, run. Loved having it in my portfolio and seeing it go up so much. But uh, it, it may have finally turned around. Do you keep track of the ones that like fell off of like our pick'em list? No. Uh, it's so frustrating to watch like to be wrong by a yeah. week. Yeah. Like we were right. We just didn't wait long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is painful. We do have some really good ones that have been running on there. I don't know if you've been paying attention to IIVI. I mean, that one was up over 90 at one point last week. Nordstrom's has been on a tear. Bed Bath & Beyond rallied like crazy this week. That was my big my big uh, uh, win for the week was just selling those off piecemeal at options and stock. Oh, yeah. Every time it hit another dollar mark higher, it just sold off another lot of 100 shares. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was feeling really good. That's basically the stock moves that I made was just following. As Bed Bath & Beyond kept rising, I just kept selling off more and more and more. Uh, I still have a small position left in that. I think I maybe have one more lot to sell off, and that's about it. But kind of want to hold some of those, too, just to see where that stock goes in the future. Because kind of liking the, the changes they made and the directions that they're going, that that might actually be part of my long-term portfolio going forward. Mm, yeah. Uh, I do have a little bit of uh, stock news to kind of talk about, too. GME, GameStop, have you been watching them? Oh, only because you were like, hey, did you see what happened with GameStop? <laughs> <laughs> We've been calling a, a short squeeze on that. I think when the last earnings came out, you were you were thinking that that was going to be the catalyst that finally drove it. Yeah. Well, it turns out it was uh, it looked like a couple board member appointees was actually caused it to finally happen. And it's like in the middle of it now, it looks like. There's, there's a short squeeze specialist uh, that's commenting on it, and he doesn't even believe that it was necessarily a short squeeze that led to the initial jump in the stock. He thinks it was the moves that people are making, uh, that the company is making, that, that's actually been the catalyst for what's driving some of the sellers to, to close out. Mm. So it may actually keep going a little bit longer, but man, 140% short interest uh, was what that stock was carrying heading into the week. Oh my God. I'm really curious to see what that is because they update those every 15 days. I'm curious to see what the next update shows it at. Uh, Yeah, that stock pretty much doubled overnight. Yeah, if you can spot, if you can actually spot a squeeze, which I don't think I have access to the data to do it. That's probably why they they, they only update it every twice a month instead of every day. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably uh, some kind of rule that requires them to report those numbers every so often. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can see the percentage short. But I did try to do a screener on TD Ameritrade, and that is not an option to screen out because I was thinking like, hmm, you know, maybe find some more of these that have you know over 100 percent of the float shorted out. I think what that means is the float is the amount of like reserve that the institutions have available that don't require like another active person to be in the process of selling his shares. And so if you have more than that, 
shorted out there and people are trying to buy them and then the stock goes up because the people are trying to buy them and then more people try to sell because the stock's going up and then it gets to the point where there's no more shares available. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's the position you really want to be in to be owning those shares and naming your price. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the dream. <laughs> I've got these shares and you all need them. <laughs> <laughs> Kiss the ring. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other stock I wanted to talk about was Twitter. Twitter. What's going on with them? Twitter just recently banned Donald Trump. I think it's a lifetime ban now. Am I right on that? Uh, I, that's what I heard. So uh, they made that announcement at the beginning of the week and the stock dropped 10% on Monday. Oh, wow. Uh, now, I know he's got probably the biggest following on Twitter out of probably anybody, or pretty close to it, if not. One of the larger ones. And the stock has been pretty much trending down all week. Uh, is that a buy to you now, or are you still leery? Oh, I, I, do think it's a, I do think it's a buy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When, I, when a company like that is, is falling on news like that, no, that's a buy. You're in my head enough to where you know that that when I when I hear something like oh they banned Trump so their stock is dropping uh, then I think that's not a long term drop that's not news that's gonna that's it hasn't changed the nature of the Twitter market space hasn't changed anything like that. Well, I might disagree with that. How many people were on Twitter just because of Trump? I honestly I don't think enough. I don't think it's enough. No. I don't I I think people are addicted to a lot of these social media sites. I think there's a real psychological addiction and they don't just quit it uh because one of the people they follow is off. Uh I'm not I'm not saying mm -hmm. Twitter didn't lose followers. I just don't think it's going to impact their business model. Do I smell a side bet? <laughs> oh yeah does twitter end the week up from friday's closing price or down from friday's closing price mm. uh, yeah looking at their chart right now i think they're about to hit their resistance line i would i okay yeah i'm gonna make that side bet i know i, yeah. I know i said i was gonna stay away from side bets so i could win this thing god damn it oh i want to I want to. Oh, yeah. Go big or go home. Side bet. Side bet. Final answer. Twitter up at the end of the week. All right. How much? 25? Yeah, I can deal with that. All right. Now that, now that we've made the side bet, uh, uh, you know, the entire market is going to tank this week. That's why I'm making it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I guess, I guess that, that's an extension of the side bet really is, is did, did, yep. Did all the sell-off already happen? Are people going to wake up on Tuesday and think, I do want to move out of more of my stocks? We'll find out in the next thrilling episode. All right. So just to be clear on the terms of that, we're taking Twitter's price right now. Uh, so that'd be Friday's, Friday's close and then higher or lower by next Friday. Their price right now is 45.18. And then after hours, it dropped a little bit. So I'll even give you the after hours price, 45.11. I had a couple of, of stories to talk about, but uh, I don't think we've got the time. Should we just jump into some earnings? Yeah, I think we should. All right, so I'll just go through these really quick. We're starting to run a little long. Uh, 18th, we've got Logitech, and that's the one that I was planning on basing my bet around. I was going to buy it Monday open, short sell it on Tuesday, uh, or basically at the end of Monday close. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, wait for the earnings to come out. And then at the end of day Tuesday, buy it again. That's what I was going to try to run for my bet. Because I had a feeling it was going to run up to it. They were going to release it. It was going to go down because the expectations were too high. But then it was going to go back up when people realized, hey, it was better than we mm -hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
was a bit convoluted, and I'm curious to see how it works. I'm probably going to track that on Friday, but because they're releasing it on Monday, and you know it's already Friday, uh, and there's no trading on Monday, uh, you know. All right, find something new. Uh, the nineteenth, we've got Bank of America and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Bank of America, we're both really bullish on. We have big options positions in in that. Yep. Netflix, I'm curious to see if all these other streaming services are starting to impact their bottom line. Yeah, I'm anxious to look uh, look at that too. I should say I'm eager, because there's a difference between anxious yeah. and eager. Uh, I'm, I'm eager for those those earnings. I can't imagine so many companies pushing into that market space is not affecting them. I have to think that Amazon's model is even better. What, how does the Amazon model differ? They have their free for Prime members, but then they keep offering or moving more stuff into subscription packages. So like you have to pay $7 to get the Showtime a month or the HBO or, or the, there's all these different subscription packages, which sucks as a person who listens to a lot of stuff on Prime. Mm. And not having access to it anymore. But as far as a, a moneymaker for a company, I mean, that's got to work a lot better than the way Netflix does. So it's it's like an online cable thing now where you choose your package. Right. Kind of like the way Sling worked, except you're doing it for basically movie and TV show packages. Uh, do they create their own original content? Yes, they do. Okay. okay. And they've got some really good shows on there, too. <laughs> All right. On the 20th, we've got Fastenal and Procter and & Gamble. And on the 21st, Intel and IBM. Okay. Intel, I guess we finally get to see how much uh, AMD has been eating out of their profit margins. Yeah. So if, it might be worth paying attention to AMD. And if Intel reports um, worse than expected, you'll probably see AMD rise on uh, on that or vice versa. And Intel actually just announced a partnership with TSM. I meant to mention this in the news. Uh, where what we had been talking about before, where they're going to need to do something in order to catch up to AMD's lead, mm-hmm. uh, they did. They they partnered with TSM just like we thought they would uh, in order to make use of their 7 nanometer chip process. Yep. So the big winner between AMD and Intel is actually TSM, the person who makes all their chips. <laughs> <laughs> Semiconductors are hot. <laughs> the, the semiconductor industry is making a lot of sales. The, their stock all went down on Friday with everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. All right, was that uh, that that all the earnings we got coming this week that we're looking at? That is. Well, I guess that uh, that brings us to, to up to options. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to sold them, know when to walk away. Those calls are done. You never count your money when you're holding on the contracts. There'll be time enough for counting. You gotta know when to sold them, Kyle. You gotta know when to sold them. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew. I just didn't do it. We both were trading something similar this week, uh, but we'll get to that. I rode my MJ mm-hmm. calls quite nicely through the week, and we had a second week of the same thing. We're uh, Monday through Thursday, marijuana stocks up, 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 up. And then Friday they pull back. And I don't know how much of that was re- just related to the general market being down or not because the beginning of the day Friday. I'm sure most of it was. Uh, it, it opened Friday really big. And uh, I, I, I wish if I, if I could have known. I didn't know. I was gambling. I was watching it that morning. Uh, part, part of me said, you know, sell now. The, this market is sinking like a stone. But the other part was like, but look, marijuana is still up. You know, I had like an hour or two where it it it, <laughs> it fought the current and then boo, 
it dropped down. But uh, I did sell out both of my positions in Bank of America and marijuana on Friday morning. And then uh, towards the end of the day, when they, I, I felt like they were done tipping, I moved back in. Uh, so, so I didn't, uh, I didn't lose as much as I, 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 I could have. I, I still sold, uh, I, I sold my BAC that morning at cost. Uh, and that did hurt because mm-hmm. the day before they were up 50%, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I did, I sold, <laughs> I sold my MJ at a profit and then, uh, and then it kept going down and then I, I bought in. So like I expanded my, my position in MJ, uh, with that dip. Uh, I'm a little, s- s- mm-hmm. uh, they, they expire in February, so I have time, but I'm sweating, uh, this next week. Cause I don't know if this is going to be a sustained correction. If the, if a correction has started. And this is just the first day of it, or or if this is just going to be a, a speed bump on a Friday and it's going to go back to that Monday through Thursday up. Ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sweating it. I think once the the impact or the the, I think it depends on how quickly they can get the stimulus passed is what's going to determine that. If it's a correction, the, don't those typically last more than two days? Yes, they do. <laughs> I think you want to see a rebound by day three at the latest. Before you start getting worried, okay. But I could be talking out my ass there. That's just uh, a thirty thousand foot something I read way long ago that sticks in my head. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I continue my quest on trying to get rich uh, from marijuana in twenty twenty one trading options, and uh, <laughs> and and I've added to it. Uh, I'm real bullish on that Bank of America earnings. J P Morgan uh, did theirs, did really good. Oh, they crushed it too. Wells Fargo did a miss. But yeah, JP Morgan crushed it, but the whole market was down. So they, they, they were still down like two percentage mm-hmm. points for Friday. And Bank of America ended down right around the same. Yeah. I think they, they ended right around, they're, they're right around 33 or 34. Uh, 33. 33. Right around 33. So I'm hoping for big things from them because my calls are at 33.50. So if, if they miss their earnings Tuesday, that's going to hurt. <laughs> we did buy them for the end of the end of January. So we do have a little bit more time if it does correct. That's true. I think you're going to see a lot more people moving into it, though, so I think we should be okay. Yeah, I, I actually do believe that no matter what happens, like like we saw with Bed Bath & Beyond putting out uh, uh, an earnings miss and going down for like a day and a half, two days, and then, woo, right, right back up again. So And fast, too. And, yeah, fast. You were sweating those calls, remember? We were talking about how... Oh. how much it needed to move up for those calls to be worth anything uh no that was jumia bed bath and beyond was still really close to it's it was only a dollar off of its strike okay well jumia had a great run did those calls ever get worth anything uh okay i guess we can i guess we can talk about that uh might as well go into my whole options <laughs> yeah go for it i'm done with mine all right well let's start with uh with friday and when I was watching the market sell off, uh, it started to look like a correction was in progress. So I immediately bought a bunch of uh, uh, puts uh, expiration that day, thinking that might as well profit on that or at least protect some of my other interests mm-hmm. and make a little bit of money that way to mitigate those losses. Uh, how many times have we said not to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I followed suit with not, not a big, big move, but I bought some of those uh, puts against the market at the same time you did so i felt some of that pain but i was able to get out and i only lost maybe 15 percent uh yeah uh basically the loss of that is what put me to a losing week yeah wiped out pretty much everything i won from bed bath and beyond 
Oh, yeah. So that's what I alluded to at the beginning of the episode. The lesson that we keep learning here in the China shop is stop betting against the market. Yeah. Or at least uh, the the problem with trading uh, options on the market is I think you got to be moving in and out of it way quicker than what I want to do. Mm. You know, once you see that 15% gain, sell them out and get out of there now. Yeah. Because they change so quickly and with so little movement. Yeah. That it's just too easy to lose all of it really quickly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I did that. I sold all of my losing positions basically on Friday, or most of them. I still have my um, Salesforce that's going to be really hurting here soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, but most of I sold most of them out, took all the leftovers, and I just threw it into Bank of America calls. So everything that was going to expire on Friday, basically sold them out and bought more of those uh, 29th expiration $33 calls. Oh, awesome. Um, I think in there was that if I'm going to, I usually lose everything when I buy a, a, a option contract that expires when it's that close, mm-hmm. you know, might as well uh, save some of that principal and then put it to something that has a good chance of winning. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that included my uh, Neo, my JMIA was already worthless at that point, so I couldn't get anything for those. But Neo was painful. That's the one that uh, that hurt too, because uh, that one on Monday was even over double what I bought, almost triple. I wasn't able to sell it quickly enough, but I was so sure that it was going to keep moving up. And then the news came out about the the 1.3 billion that they're mm-hmm. raising through a special offering that caused the price to go down even more. And then I just got stuck holding it. And then finally got to the point where like I wanted to exercise at least one of those contracts to hold it long term. And the longer I held it, the more it kept losing. And then finally ended up like even the the, the half that I sold uh, uh, before the Neo Day like wasn't even enough to to mitigate the losses. Oh, wow. so between those and then JMIA and the market shorting, basically my week ended up as a net loss. And like you said, it's a mistake that we keep making. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you learn your lesson moving forward? How do you stop doing that? Well, I stopped doing it. And then like the very second you said, I'm going to bet against the market, I went, oh, sweet. Well, if Kyle's going to do it, I'm definitely in. <laughs> So you're saying we enable each other. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I, I felt like I, I was, you know, I, I was a junkie that, that, that I was like, I'm good. I'm alone. And then I come across another junkie. I'm like, well, let's shoot up. Yeah, it's a great idea. Give me some of those bets against the market, baby. Keep them coming. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. What I'm hearing you say is that our podcast is actually bad for my portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) If you're betting against the market, it's never worked for me. Not not one time. And if I, this is sad. If I counted all up, counted up the number of times uh, on Robinhood that I've purchased options betting against the market, it's easily over 10 and it's never worked. I've had a couple of times being successful with it, but they're only same day trades and usually within like an hour. Of buying it, I'm selling it. Like what uh, her interview with Nick, day trading ETF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. That's enough for living. That I think we do some alerts. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's move on uh, to to our options alerts. What are we what are we looking at? All right, uh, I saw uh, one on Neo with a two nineteen sixty dollars strike, uh, two hundred thousand contracts purchased at five dollars and ninety cents. Mm. So maybe there's still some hope for your long-term shares if you're still holding them. Yeah, I still have them. LLY, Eli Lilly and Co. I don't know what they do. Oh, they're a drug company. Okay. Uh, their 219 expiration, 195 strike, uh, $898,000 investment. Uh, the contracts are trading at 630 when somebody purchased those. You said they purchased calls? Yeah, yeah, calls. Yes, sorry. I think these are all calls. 
Other one, the other big one that I saw that stuck out was Nano Dimensions Limited. Let's see, that stock's trading at 1038, roughly. Somebody purchased uh, August 28th expiration, $20 strike calls. They bought a million dollars worth of those. Uh, one that trades at $3.30 right now. Whoa. Uh, what does that person know about this company that he's going to throw that big of a bet in? And especially that far out. Like, it's like he's waiting for something to materialize. What The stock ticker was Nano, N-A-N-O? Uh, N-N-D-M. Oh, that's way off. It's Nano Dimension Limited. Yeah, it's N-N-D. like, uh, that, that's, he's looking at it like a doubling of the stock price by then. Okay. Oh, that, that's got me uh, intrigued. That one's got me really intrigued. I guess it has doubled since uh, before December already, it, so maybe he's just expecting Kyle, that. in September, it was trading at $1.50. Yeah. So it's gone up uh, uh, <laughs> five, six times. Yeah. Yeah, the, I guess the last good buy point would have been $3 at the beginning of November. It's tripled, uh, more than tripled since the beginning of November. Wow. Okay. It's a Israeli company yeah yeah uh, i'm gonna look at those options that's that's a good alert i'm i'm definitely looking at those ones also uh, i do see that on the 13th they did price a 330 million dollar direct offering uh typically those drop the price so maybe that's why he tried to jump in there when he did i think that came out on either thursday or um either thursday or friday and that news story was from two days ago yeah, they they were at their high of eleven forty three on Wednesday, and then they dropped. Yeah. They dropped. They've actually been pretty even since they dropped on Thursday. Yeah, it's like a flat line. Yeah, so I'm gonna take a look at those two. I might follow that one up. That one's far enough away too, where get some time in it. Mm-hmm. Can watch it and try to get those contracts maybe closer to three dollars. It looks promising. So that's all the 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 ones that I could see with like the money that were interesting, but I was noticing on Benzinga options alerts that there's a ton of bank stocks that have been experiencing a lot of unusual options activity alerts. Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup. Banking seems to be getting hotter right now. And that's one of the reasons why we're both big on on Bank of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Banks are hot. Yep, yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what's what's that sound over there, Kyle? What? The, right over there. What sound? That one. Where? That one. I don't hear anything. Never make a bet with a Sicilian when cash is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you Sicilian? Uh, I think I have a little bit in me. Is is that how you get so tan without being outside? Uh, I get tan in cloudy weather, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, what was uh, what was your good for the week, Kyle? Uh, definitely the, the trades I made with Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, I was not greedy. I was taking them as they came. I was selling pieces of them. As the the momentum just kept carrying it higher and higher, I didn't sell everything at the peak, but I made sure I sold some of it at the peak, and then I also closed out a lot of the other ones as it was continuing to rise. So I feel really good about the way I was able to turn that into a a pretty good win, even though it wasn't big enough to make it profitable week. uh, Still strong move for the week. Something I can focus on going forward and forget about the other one. There you go. Close yours. (laughs) Oh, definitely my op- MJ options. That Monday through Thursday run mm-hmm. uh, moved them. I, I, I bought those at $1.50, $1.51, and closed out Thursday at, almost, it was pushing $4. Oh, nice. And uh, if, if I had managed to be quicker on the draw, it opened Friday morning because there had been such upward uh, aftermarket activity. It, uh, it was over $4. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think I think it. I I wanted it to hit four sixty to be able to sell you to sell to the triple? batch and exercise. I wanted to exercise it. Yeah, I wanted to triple so I could sell. Uh, like I think I, I sell like most of the calls to make X percentage plus be able to exercise the one and get a free hundred shares. Yeah. So so like I was like, oh no, MJ's still gonna be up. It's still gonna be up. Uh, it started dropping, and uh, I I got out at uh, I want to say three twenty. So mm-hmm. I, I I got more than a hundred percent, and uh, then um, that feels good it, when it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That felt great. And uh, later in the day, when when it looked like it had evened out and and finished its drop, uh, I I moved back in. Uh, I switched from seventeen dollar calls to eighteen dollar calls, though, because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be accused of day trading by Robinhood. Right. And the price has moved up a bunch. So like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm now I'm in a bunch of eighteen dollar calls that. Uh, Oh, I want to say I, I got them for like two fifty. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I, I didn't write down the exact price, but two two dollars and change on a coupon. Uh, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But anyway, yeah, that was my good. I did manage to sell because the, those seventeen dollar coupons when I sold out at like three fifty, they they ended getting ended up you know dropping below right. three for a little bit. Uh, so it felt good to be able to you know uh, on a down day sell in the morning. And buy back in at night and expand my position and something that I am, uh, you know, it's a it's a February nineteenth. I've got time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that felt really good. Marijuana making me rich in twenty twenty one. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my bad is definitely definitely not selling Neo when I had a chance to and still make it profitable. Oh, uh, I me kept too. setting moving targets <laughs> and the moving target kept being kept being lower and lower, but also kept being just out of the money where it couldn't actually get it where I wanted it. Uh, it's just being stubborn with yeah. it. Uh, I could have sold it at ten. I could have sold them at six. I could have sold them at eight. I kept. I uh, uh, I don't even know how to. Hard to analyze it when mm. you can't even make sense of what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it, it, my bad was also Neo, but uh, uh, it wasn't necessarily that my shares were losing money. I think it, it was just the soul crushing emotional angst of. Go, being so elated at the beginning of the week yeah. and carrying with me this expectation of, no, this is going up. It's got good news. And so it was like every day I got proven wrong. Uh, and so it was just demoralizing. You make an excellent point. Yeah, is the, the positivity around it the week before, the run-up to Neo Day, the day after, everything being so positive and then to have it come crashing down on you throughout the rest of the week. Yeah. And then just handicapping yourself or paralyzing yourself. It's a different fever than Gold Rush fever, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that definitely that would definitely weighed me down. Like just every every day proven wrong and and just stubbornly sticking in. Like you like you're saying, like I don't yeah. even know why I kept holding it. It's just like stubborn about it. It's like, no, I'm not wrong about this, Neo. You're wrong for going down. It's gonna go up. <laughs> well, if it doesn't for four days, then yeah. right, what's your, what's your yeah. ugly? My ugly is losing all my Bank of America profit. I know, I know I'm still in it, and I'm still in that bet, and I'm still in it to win it. You know, we, we've talked about before about uh, having price targets. Um, and it's something I'm, I'm working on trying to, to develop my own personal system of a price target. But mm. the, the Thursday, it hit 50% gain. And so there was, there was that moment where I can sell you know, just over two-thirds 
of my calls and pay for itself with with a with a little bit of gain, you know, 10 20% gain. Right. And some calls left over, so I'm still in the bet, but I thought, no, it's going to go up on those those uh the JP Morgan day, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to lose the JP Morgan earnings call boost. So uh, I said no and I think oh. we we're so focused on uh, JP Morgan that we completely forgot about Biden announcing stimulus <laughs> information. I did, 100%. 100%. So, so yeah. by, not, by not following my own system I'm trying to develop for options and not, you know, for, for when I hit that price, that the, the target, like I should have, you know, taken the gains, had the calls, mm-hmm. and then, and then, uh, uh, then make the decision of if I want to buy different Bank of America calls. Do I want to keep doing this bet? Right. Uh, but at, at the very least, you know, taking that profit and taking the the, the calls because I still would have had a few calls, you know. Yeah. Um, but by not doing that, uh, you know, I had Thursday was my best day ever in like total dollar gains of Robinhood, Bank of America and MJ combined. I think I think I hit I hit the point where like I had made more than two paychecks. Uh, so like i'd made a whole month's worth of income in one day uh, and uh uh yeah and then and then to to, to uh, yeah to watch it and just the slip day. through your fingers yeah <laughs> i don't think there's any question what mine is it's definitely going back to the well and trying to short the market that's actually not the right going back to the poisoned well <laughs> I was gonna say is that is that where you're in the desert and you find the faucet and you open it and sand pours out yeah, don't drink from that, Kyle. It's just sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm done shorting the market until next time when we have this conversation again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's wrap uh, this thing up with a bet. I think it's time to end this guy. We're getting a little long. Ooh, bet time! Stocks in the center of a universe. All right, loser. Okay. <laughs> loser goes first. All right. So believe it or not, part of me wants to pick Twitter because of the side bet. Oh, yeah. Pa- part of me wants to make, make Twitter uh, my main bet with a bonus 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like... I like that idea. Uh, okay. Uh, but I also, uh, part of me wants to back up uh, where, my, where my money is and, and bet on Bank of America. So, since I can't make up my mind, let's see, do I have a coin that I can flip? Okay, I'm going to flip this <laughs> coin. Uh, he- heads, Twitters, Tails, Bank of America. And I am Tails, Bank of America. All right. Well, you took mine. I have a backup that's going to piss okay. you off. Okay. That's why I'm really happy that you ended okay. up actually <laughs> taking it. I talked about wanting to do Logitech, uh, but mm-hmm. I think my strategy I was trying to plan out is way too convoluted. So I'm not going to do that. I'm a, I, Bank of America's off the table. I have decided to go with Neo. <laughs> you fucker. I want to see fucker. the rebound. <laughs> uh, oh. And 
I'm not even sure if it's going to rebound, oh. but if it beats you next week with your own stock, oh, that's going to be so oh. sweet. Those tears are going to be so salty. D- delicious irony. Oh, <laughs> yeah, let, let me taste your, your salty tears, Scott. Let me take a, taste your salty tears. Oh, they're so good. I made you eat your parents. Oh. How do you like that? Oh, apples? my God. Okay. Yeah, those are some bitter apples. <laughs> they're green. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. All right, you ready for That's our fantastic. random stock? I am so ready for this random stock, and right. I hope it's Twitter. Let's see what we get. I'm clicking the button now. Uh, symbol INN-E. Company name Summit Hotels PPTS, PPTYS, Inc. INN-E. Says it's uh, traded on Stock Exchange. Get a quote on it. Yeah, quick, Summit Hotel Properties is. Incorporated. It's a it's a real estate investment trust company. Oh man! So I don't think we're we're not going to see a, oh, okay. a a lot of movement in that. All right, so we should be That's, able to beat those that. Are, as long as we go up. Yeah, like the whole market was falling and it went down five cents. So they don't move a lot. The 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 R A the uh, They're typically. Those, I mean, imagine an ETF of re- like real estate. Those typically have monthly dividends too, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. So, like those those companies, the REITs, they'll buy, they'll have a big real estate portfolio that earns monthly income, and the idea is like you own a share in that, and you get to to, well, to when, receive that. When's the dividend dividends. X date? Uh, are we going to have to count their dividends in their uh, their movement? Oh, only only. <laughs> I don't I don't think so because the the record date and the. The date that it's actually handed out, uh, yeah, no, we don't, we're not. Gonna okay, all that. right, Whew. all right. So, folks, thanks for sticking around. Uh, can't wait to to talk to you next week. Let you know how the bet did. Uh, catch up on the the latest, the greatest of what's happening, driving that market. We we love you. Thanks again to any new listeners. Thanks again to all of our uh, China Shop fans. We we love having you here with us. Uh, we love it when you reach out to us at uh, two bulls at financialineptitude.com and uh, 725-22bulls and, and check us out on the new Discord. We should have that link in the, uh, the episode description. As always, happy trades. And tell your friends. And tell your friends. Like and share. All that good stuff. The shop is more fun the more, more your friends are, are, are listening and involved. Come on in and smash some stuff with us. Yeah, right? Have a good time. And we will see you next week. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.